Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in to the Ladies Promoting Transparent Advocacy Podcast. I am your podcast host, Shay Pate. Well, today is Wonderful Women Wednesday. And as I always mention, with the news cycling just changing so drastically in minutes, I decided to do something different for this Wonderful Women Wednesday. On Monday of this week, I was just surfing the channels and actually I was watching CBS, watching some of the shows that were on. And there's a show that comes on on Mondays on CBS that started last season and I kept saying I was going to watch it and just didn't. And I just decided since the season, uh, the episode that was on Monday was season two, first episode, I watch it to see what it was about. And I guess God knew I needed to see this episode because after I saw the episode, I decided to make my wonderful women Wednesday lady justice. Uh, we know in America right now, justice is not served evenly. And this show was really interesting. And as I said, I was going to watch it last season and I just never got a chance to watch it. And I am a major buff a uh, uh, show buff, movie buff when it comes to anything regarding the justice system, not just because I'm part of the legal community, but because I like to learn things, although television isn't um, quite the same as real life. Some situations they are, but a lot of, the, of them they're not. And some of my friends, I have a, a mentor actually who is a superior court judge here in Georgia. We always talk about the, the court shows. And I saw that on this show, there's a female judge that it's uh, that the whole show is centered around, and it's a African American female judge. And I said, let me just look at this show and see if there's something I'd like to watch. Well, I'll just say this: if any of the episodes are like how Monday's episode is, I'm definitely going to watch it because it was really uh, very thought. I mean, it was just so, the impact of the show was so great on me, I decided to uh, record a couple of the clips. But let me tell you about the show first. It's called All Rise. All Rise is a courthouse drama that follows the chaotic, hopeful, keyword, hopeful, and sometimes absurd lives of its judges, prosecutors, and public defenders as they work with bailiffs, clerks, and cops to get justice for the people of Los Angeles amidst a flawed legal process. Among them is newly appointed judge Lola Carmichael. She's a highly regarded and impressive deputy district attorney who doesn't intend to sit back on the bench in her new role, but instead she leans in, immediately pushing the boundaries and challenging the expectations of what a judge can be. So that pretty much sums up what the show is about. And that's from the CBS.com website. So I was like, hmm, this is an interesting show. And now seeing what it's saying it's about, I definitely want to watch it. Now I'm going to tell you something. This was so on point to be a season opener. Because what happened is the judge, let me kind of give you the scenario of the characters. You have a judge named Lola Carmichael, who is an African-American female judge. She has two best friends she went to law school with. One named Mark, 
who is white male, and he just became district attorney, and another female whose name I can't pronounce, um, she is a black female. Now, in this specific episode, she is representing a white client who is accused of being a racist. And in the opening part of the episode, there is a protest about police brutality, Black Lives Matter. And what happens is, and you're going to hear this, as the district attorney and his friend, the black female judge, uh, Lola, are sitting in the car just waiting for the protesters to go by, the judge notices that a young girl, about 14 years, years old, an African-American girl, she's trying to, I guess, get home. She got her backpack. She's trying to get around the crowd of the protesters, and a white cop stops her, and he harasses her. And she was trying to explain to him what she was doing there, what she was doing. She was trying to leave. And he, he was trying to contain her. And she was going in her backpack to try to, I guess, get her ID. And he pulled the gun out on her. So, of course, with the judge is seeing that she jumps out the car and she goes and talks to the officer. And he doesn't, she's trying to explain to him she's a superior court judge. He don't ask about no credentials, no ID or nothing. And uh, when she sees he pulls out the gun, she jumps in front of the young lady. And like I said, she's trying to explain to him who she is. He made it clear he didn't care. And he put the zip ties on her to pretty much arrest her, but didn't arrest her. Now, keep in mind, she was in the car with the white district attorney who sees all this and jumps out the car and goes over to talk to the police officer and try to explain that she's a judge and, you know, who he is. Now, as you'll hear her tell him, he didn't even question who he was because he was white. But the thing that was really hurtful to her, which she will say in some of the clips, is that he asked her, the judge, one of his best friends, what did she do wrong to get in hand? Well, they're not handcuffs, but the, the, the zip ties. And it hurt her feelings because she didn't do anything. She was just being black, trying to save this young black girl from this man maybe shooting her. And she was just trying to get home. She was a young girl. And... She was very hurt by that. Now, I'm going to uh, play clips in between this uh, episode that I'm talking so you can kind of hear it. Now, then, as I said, there's a black best friend and the DA who's a white best friend. And they're in court together. And they're trying to fight over this hearing where the black female is defending the white male who was beating black and latino protesters with a baseball bat he was trying to kill them and her defense which was kind of shocking but they're just i guess showing the whole uh, judicial system was that it wasn't racist you know he was protecting himself but it was very clear it was and because the judge had this awful experience just i guess the night before She's realizing that even being a judge, she's still a black female first, and she sees the hate, hate in America up close and personal, and especially with the cops. Now, another part of this same episode, there's a Latin uh, attorney. She has a client who's a female African-American single mom, lost her job, lost everything, and her kids are starving, and she steal some food out of the store and get caught 
and she was trying to get away and push the security guard and so they put her in jail well she calls her well she tried to call her uh attorney they wouldn't let her which is her actual constitutional right finally she gets through to the attorney i think she was only in jail for a day and she's complaining about uh COVID and every how rampant it is in prison and she doesn't deserve to be there so the prison's giving her attorney the run around and her attorney is determined that she's going to get her client out of jail her co-workers are trying to get a place for her and her kids to go and just try to help her rebuild her life and because of the prison not allowing her her constitutional rights to make a long story short before her attorney could get her physically out she dies from COVID. So these are all things that are happening right now. And the reason why I wanted to do Lady Justice, because a lot of people really don't know anything about the justice system. They just know they go to court and they go to jail. Sometimes they're guilty, sometimes they're not. And this is also a thing that I want people to pay attention to, because when I always say local voting matters, this is one of those times. Your DA is local. Your uh you know, all the prosecutors are local, your defense attorney, local, the judge, local. All these people I'm talking about are elected by you in your local district. So it is very important that you pay attention to the people you put in the judicial system as well, not just in the politicians, not just in uh, the, the, the congressmen, the president and the senators and uh, councilmen, aldermen, depending on what city and state you live in. Those aren't just the only people because they can come and go in terms, but you could have judges and, and DAs in there forever. So I want to go through some of these clips, let you guys hear what's being said. And I want to also talk about what Lady Justice is because I was really um, thrown back actually by the definition of Lady Justice and you know, the scales of justice and why it's a lady and what does it really mean. So I went on a couple of websites and I actually went to the office of the curator at the Supreme Court of the United States because they have a page that talks about the figures of justice. And I want to read some of the things from that page. But in addition to that, I want to read what it's saying and of course i did research to find some of this information about what it's saying about lady justice and i think that if people understand what's happening with lady justice they can understand that we have a long fight and we have to keep fighting about justice in america and equal inequality or should i say injustice so I went and looked up a couple things about Lady Justice and the, the scales, what they represent, why it's a lady, and the sword she carries. And if you don't know what Lady Justice looks like, uh, go Google it, okay? Well, let me just start off with Lady Justice itself, herself. <coughs> Excuse me. I've been fighting a cold for two weeks now, so <coughs> forgive me. Lady Justice, okay, the symbol. Lady Justice is a blindfolded woman carrying a sword and a set of scales. It is a common symbol on courthouses in America 
and inside some courtrooms. She symbolizes fair and equal administration of the law without corruption, favor, greed, or prejudice. Now, as a woman of color, as a woman who's been in the legal industry for over 30 years, unfortunately, I see lady injustice all the time firsthand. You know, lady justice originates from the personification of justice in ancient Roman art known as Justidia or Justidia after Latin. Okay, we ain't going to get into all these words that I can't pronounce. Uh, Justidia, who is equivalent to the Greek goddess Themis and Dyke. If I mispronounce those names, forgive me. You can Google them and um, figure out how they're pronounced because I just read them as I see them and I could be incorrect. So I can accept being wrong on my pronunciation. Okay, the scales is what Lady Justice is mainly known for and being blindfolded. Okay, I explained to you why they say she was blindfolded. The scales Lady Justice is most often depicted with a set of scales typically suspended from one hand upon which she measures the strengths of a case's support and opposition. The Greek goddess Dike, it might be pronounced Dike, is D-I-K-E, is depicted holding a set of scales. Now the sword, the sword symbolism, this item symbolizes enforcement and respect and means that justice stands by its decision and ruling and is able to take action. The fact that the sword is unsheathered and very visible is a sign that justice is transparent and and is not an implement of fear. Well, mm, I, mm, okay. I, like I said, I really and truly have seen Lady Injustice. And they say with this sword, she proudly holds the scales, which represents weighing of evidence on its own merit. We also know that weighing of evidence on its own merit depends on who is on trial. And of course, as I mentioned, the blindfold represents our justice system being blind to a person's wealth, power, gender, and race. And once again, when it comes to people of color, all four of those things I just said is not true. Okay, yes, wealth and power and race is true of your white, gender, maybe even if you're a man. But the four of them together as a person of color, a female that's not rich and not powerful, all of a sudden Lady Justice doesn't make any sense. You know, I really wanted to read those things because I want people to really understand that the justice system not only needs to be changed, it needs to be understood. And I am going to play some of these clips and in between the clips, I want to read the figures of justice information sheet I pulled from the Office of the Curator, Supreme Court of the United States. But I want to right now, like I said, play some of these scenes so you can understand exactly 
what this episode was about, but also understand exactly what people of color have been going through their entire lives and still going through right now. So, as I said, we're going to kind of play some clips in and out, and then we're going to um, talk about it on the other end. I want you guys to first listen to the incident of the judge getting out of the car, trying to save this young lady This is about 14 years old in the middle of a protest because you'll hear the Black Lives Matter and the different chanting at the beginning. So, you know, they're at the protest and then you'll hear her talking to the cop and trying to defend the young lady, definitely trying to make sure he don't shoot her. And uh, you'll hear it. I'm pretty sure that's the path that way. My name is Lola Carmichael, you are. and I am a judge. Stop right there. She is only a child. You can see that she's scared. Stand back. I'm going to stand here with her and make sure she's okay. You can she check. She said I was loading and I wasn't. I was just searching for my backpack for myself. Hey, shoot me. Why? No. Keep in mind that the judge is trying to defend this young lady from getting arrested or even killed by the police. And her best friend, one of them, and that is the DA I mentioned named Mark, instead of asking her what's going on and how he can help her, he automatically assumes she did something wrong. And that's when she is upset and hurt that he didn't even question what the white police officer did with this young lady and to her as she is in handcuffs. What the hell is going on, Lola? What did you do? Why are you assuming I did something wrong? I'm a DA at the HOT. Ask the cop doing wrong before coming at me. You know this one? Yeah, she's a superior court judge. This is a big misunderstanding. Now keep in mind, not only did she just have a dramatic experience with the police brutality, now she, as a judge, has to go into the courtroom with her two best friends. One is a white district attorney who was questioning her as he was uh, talking to her when she got arrested. Well, I'll say handcuffed. And the other is her best friend who's an African-American woman who is defending a white male who is accused of trying to kill black and Latino protesters with a baseball bat. So they're testing her friendship and the, the one woman named Rachel, uh, the best friend, she is trying to butter her up before they go in the courtroom. And of course, her other best friend, who is Mark, the white district attorney, is trying to figure out if she's holding the grudge with uh, the situation that happened with the police as she's ruling over this discrimination and maybe racist hate crime and they're trying to determine if what experience she had the night before will make her bias on the decision 
Kathy Frost. I know. I could barely sleep knowing I had to face both Mark and Rachel in courtroom 802 for the first time at the same time. Rachel had the nerve to call me this morning to make sure I was going to be okay because it was going to be weird. It was a total tactic. She was just trying to butter me up. Oh, well, with the kind of backlog we're having, that's going to be happening a lot more. I get it, but these two, they know how to push each other's buttons. A hate crime enhancement to these charges right before trial begins. This is so I'm filing amended information upon in-depth review of prelim transcript and subsequent investigation. I think a hate crime enhancement is both warranted and supported. There was nothing at the prelim to support. Not only is the racial distinction made clear in the transcripts, Rachel, but I combed over your client's social media accounts, interviews. I think his views on Black Lives Matter are pretty clear. Right. He a high school newspaper, and his words were taken out of context. And I quote, if you ask me, the whole Black Lives Matter slogan is racist. Okay, you two, that's and enough. I'm my face about it. I show him how much I value mine. Maybe okay, you two. thinking we started swinging a baseball bat at a bunch of black and brown protesters. Okay, that's yes, enough. He feared for he his life, and he reacted. Is that why you had a baseball bat? Because right? when is having a baseball bat equate to a hate crime? Right. No, that's enough. Good morning. I see we need to set some ground rules here. On the record, People versus Jesse Frost. Mr. Frost is present with his attorney, Ms. Audubon, and Mr. Callan is here for the people. The record should reflect that the court, the prosecutor, and the defense attorney all attended law school together and have been socially acquainted for more than a decade. After careful consideration, the court does not believe these personal relationships will affect the court's ability to hear this matter impartially. Now, desire their side now. Now, this is the scene I mentioned in my introduction where the young lady lost her job and everything and she wanted to get some food for her kids didn't have any money and she got arrested for stealing food and she's calling her attorney well she's trying to call her attorney and they won't allow her finally she does get to call her attorney and she's crying telling her attorney that the coronavirus in prison is is crazy and uh, where she is specifically, it's really bad and she needs to get out of there. So her attorney is trying to find a way to get her and her children a safe place if she can get her out. So she's using her connections with her ex to try to get uh, her out. And she gets her uh, friend to get her a place for the lady and her children to go. And she also... Um, has this ex of hers to be willing to accept the responsibility of trying to get this young lady out of jail. And keep in mind, she's in jail for stealing food for her kids because she didn't have any money because of the coronavirus outbreak. You gotta get me out of here. I'm not all cooked up like this. Corona rampant in here. When were you placed in a quarantine? Yesterday morning, right away. I asked to call you. They wouldn't let me. There's at least 20 people in here tested positive. Gary, I'm working on getting you out. Okay? How are my kids? Your kids are good. They're good. Gary, are you hearing me? Yes. Yeah? I'm I know you are. I need you to stay strong until I can get you out. You're going to stay strong. Breathe. Just breathe. Stay strong. Okay? You looking for work? Because I, I need to skip court today. The Carrie Banks case. The woman's got kids, an underlying condition, and a slight fever. We're trying to get her out so she can avoid getting sick or at least get decent medical if she's already sick. I just don't want the DA's office blocking a release. I thought you guys had split up. This is about the defendant, not Emily. Right. It is. Whatever you say. 
Hey, you should know Troy's in a bad mood. Make sure your argument's on point. It is. Troy, you don't want to pitch to me first? I got five minutes. Hit me. Banks has made mistakes, but she was on the right path, and then COVID hit. Her life became a nightmare. She lost her job. She was unable to pay her bills, her rent, but even worse, she couldn't afford food for her kids. Carrie didn't steal thousands of dollars of useless merchandise. She took basic essentials for her children to survive, an amount that would have been an infraction if she hadn't slightly pushed the security guard out of desperation. For that, she was taken from her children and put in a jail. This was not a crime of greed. It was one of necessity and one we have a chance to make right. Now, here's where it gets tricky because the judge has to address her best friend, Mark, who is the district attorney who is prosecuting a person who is convicted, well, who's been charged with a hate crime during a protests in a Black Lives Matter protest pretty much and he was beating Black and Latinx people only with a bat and she is hurt because she has to break it down to her friend of why she's upset about what happened not just to the young lady but to herself because I wanted you guys to hear the mental uh, part of this because mental health is very challenging right now and you will hear her where she breaks down at home after everything that's gone on and she's having flashbacks of that night and how her being a powerful judge didn't matter because she was black so I want you guys to pay attention to her friend Mark because unfortunately a lot of us have friends of different races and those who are African-American, especially uh, people working in the legal industry, have a challenge of explaining to their co-workers and or friends that the legal industry discriminates uh, against their own um, if they're black. And she's trying to explain to him how hurt she was that he didn't even ask what went wrong with the cop. He assumed that because maybe unconsciously she was black she did something wrong and the white cop would never just do anything wrong and this is a challenge because i know i've been in the legal industry for a long time and me and my caucasian co-workers have these conversations all the time about how hard it is being black in america and sometimes i know they think it's exaggerated but as we know it's not like you said protests I know there's a lot going on in this country. You are right. It is. So let's discuss this later after the case. This is neither the time nor the place for you and I to get into it. So there is something. Let it go, Mark. What, what did I do? What could I have possibly done? That the disrespect, Mark. You're right. Maybe it is this case that is flooding back memories of everything that happened that night, but I just haven't been able to shake that feeling. What feeling, low? Uh, how did I disrespect you? Since when does a black person have to say or do anything wrong to get arrested in this country? But instead of asking the cop why I was being zip-tied, you asked me what I did wrong. I didn't understand why he was arresting Exactly! It didn't occur to you that he could never believe I was who I said I was. Well, how was he supposed to know Did that? he believe you? Eventually, I had to show my credentials. He never even asked to see mine. <sighs> 
It was one thing to have to deal with his disrespect, but to have to deal with yours was something. I will see you in 802. I can show you. What's in your bag? It's just my phone, please. Where are you going, honey? Please, I'm just going home this that way. I want you guys to listen to how this uh, defense attorney defends her client and doesn't want him charged with a hate crime. And I know a lot of people watching this show was probably mad at her because she is an African-American woman. And it's hard to see that when you have so much happening of racial injustice and systematic racism and i know even myself knowing how the procedures behind the scenes and in the scenes work i was a little mad so i know a lot of people who have no clue was probably trying to figure out how did this woman have the guts and how did her conscience allow her to defend this racist white man and it's really interesting because the judge is still going through a dramatic um, experience and feelings about what just happened to her. But they said that she's a fair and honest judge, and she already said that she could be unbiased. But I know it has to be challenging. Ms. Audubon, would you like to be heard regarding the people's intention to amend the information to add the hate crime enhancement? Yes, Your Honor. The preliminary hearing transcript in this matter does not contain any evidence to support a hate crime enhancement. It is insulting to even suggest that that was this young man's motivation. And leaving it to the day of trial feels rather desperate. Thank you. Mr. Callan, do you wish to respond? Your Honor, the evidence at the prelim showed that all the victims were people of color. The defendant targeted them, attacked them, and tried to kill them explicitly based on the color of their skin. Judge Carmichael, with the utmost respect for you, the court, and all it represents, these facts not only speak for themselves, but shout so loudly that any reasonable person will come to the same conclusion. This is a hate crime. Thank you both. We are late in the day, and I would like time to review the transcripts. I will issue my ruling tomorrow. The thing I like best about the end of this episode on the show it is called all rise on cbs is that the judge had a new law clerk and she was a witness to this trial 
and also heard the argument between the DA and the judge on the friendship level and how the judge was explaining how he disrespected her. And this young lady, actually, she was very educated. I was very proud of the credentials they gave her on the show. And she asked the judge how she was going to deal with the hate crime, especially knowing what dramatic experience she had just had with the cops. And I love how the judge summed the whole situation up. And I thought it would be the best way to end this episode. How are you going to rule on that hate crime enhancement? Have a seat, Miss Johnson. The American flag and Lady Justice, to me, those are more than just symbols of freedom and justice for all. They are a constant reminder of my responsibility. Being a judge means coming into this room committed to being patient, knowledgeable, and fair no matter who stands before me. Not true. Excuse me? It does matter who stands before you. Sure, those symbols mean justice and freedom, but not for people like us. Not for people like you and me. And if you think that way, then you've lost me because... I am well aware of the imbalances in the justice system. It's why I became a judge. Then educate me. What is there left to weigh about the crime enhancement? Because from where I'm standing, that white boy is straight up guilty and he's hiding behind his entire... Miss Johnson, you did not read the prelim transcripts or see all of the evidence walked in here with your own preconceived notions based on the color of his skin which is the exact opposite of what a judge should do what anyone should do now, if you had heard all the evidence and had all the facts would you still be convinced of mr frost's guilt based on the facts or based on your own biases and prejudices and know that you must be certain absolutely certain that you can put those biases aside that your own personal experiences and feelings when you put on this robe do not sway your decisions because another human being is depending on that judgment. And that is the difference between debating theory in class and delivering a ruling in court. I hope all judges get down with justice like you, Judge Carmichael. Because I hear you. Our people's lives do depend on it. I thought it was very important to have Wonderful Women Wednesday, Lady Justice, because a lot of people really don't understand the justice system. And I just thought that that episode, ironically, I've never watched the show before and been wanting to, ironically, it was about what's happening right now. And I thought it was appropriate for you guys to hear it so you can see how important it is to vote for your local officials, your DA, your um, your judges, anybody in the legal system. You definitely have to vote at the local level. And before I end this episode, I want to read something I found. Like I said, I was doing research and it was entitled Figures of Justice. It's an information sheet. That's um, from the Office of the Curator, Curator, sorry, at the Supreme Court of the United States. And I just want to read something that's on the first page of the information sheet. And it says, one of the most recognized legal symbols and visible in the architecture of the Supreme Court building is the female figure representing justice, who is depicted in three sculptural groups. Portraying justice as a female figure dates back to 
depictions of Themis, you know, I can never pronounce this right, and just Justicia. In ancient mythology, Themis, T-H-E-M-I-S, I don't know how it's pronounced, known for her clear-sightedness, was the Greek goddess of justice and law. And in Roman mythology, Justicia, a.k.a. Justice, was one of the four virtues along with prudence, fortitude, and temperance. You know, it says over time, Justice became associated with scales to represent impartiality, which we know does not happen for people of color. And the sword was to symbolize power. So when you see the blindfolded Lady Justice, now you understand what the sword represents and the blindfold. Unfortunately, with right now, 2020, that's not being um, fairly distributed with people of color. And I know this was a lot and it was really emotional for me to see this, but I, these are the type of episodes I like to do because I want people to have knowledge and do your research. Everything I say, I always encourage you to research it. But we need to understand we're still in a situation as of today, November 18th, 2020. We're still fighting elections and we need to make sure we vote. I'm going to keep saying that we need to vote and definitely we need to vote at the local level to change the systematic racism in the judicial system. You got to vote for the prosecutors, the judges, not just the superior court judges, or not just the Supreme Court judge, judge, well, we don't have no say say on, on those, but we, you know, a lot of people don't realize every state has their own Supreme Court. So we have to make sure that we vote for the right DA, the right prosecutors, oh, no, same thing, the right defense attorneys. Uh, you know, you have a lot of um, volunteers, and, you know, just because you may not be able to afford an attorney and get a public defender, I need people to understand that all public defenders are not what people call bootleg attorneys. You know, I hear people say, I don't want a public defender. Some public defenders may be the best attorney you could have because a lot of them are hungry. They want to make a name for themselves. And some of them got into the legal industry because they wanted to make a difference in the law. So don't knock the public defender because that could be the best attorney in the room. So I just wanted to close this episode out and say, Think about some of the things you heard, especially the audio from the show All Rise. And I've been wanting to watch it and just didn't get to see the first season. But after seeing this episode, I'm a fan. So I just want you to uh, think about some of the things when it comes to voting. So I'm going to end this episode and I would love for you guys to follow me. Follow me on my hosting pod, Bing. I apologize, y'all. I've been fighting the cold for two weeks, trying to stay healthy. But anyway, um, follow me on Twitter for sure at Advocacy Ladies. That's capital A as in Advocacy, capital L as in Ladies. And give us a call if you have any questions, comments, or topics you want us to discuss at 404-855-7723. And I ask that you follow us on any of your podcast apps we're on all of them apple itunes google play spotify pandora and alexa tune in and of course uh, my hosting company Podbean. 
I definitely need you guys to follow me because as I mentioned, I not only want to go live, I am considering a YouTube channel so it can be uh, visual as well. So, you know, I like to end all my episodes with the question, what do you have to say? Thank you for listening.